It gets better, ordered another round. 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 It gets better, or it gets better. It's about to go down. Yo, what's going on? It's TJ Barnes, and this is the Yo Pass the Sticks podcast. I'm the host with the most, and I got my partner here with me in partner in crime, Jody Coleman. What's happening with you? Hey, man, how you feeling, man? I'm real good to be here, man. Can't mm-hmm. wait for another show. I'm good. So let me let me take it, tell you a little bit of story time real quick. Um, so back in my heyday or whatever, you know, playing and whatnot, and, and this is just bringing up talking about the USFL. And so I was in the league, the AAF, and – at that time, I understood what it was. I came into training camp. I balled out. And then once we started the season, I understood. I respected everybody. And I understood that, hey, we're all in this together. We're all trying to get back to the league and, you know, make a name for ourselves. So when we got to practice or um, whatever, when the coaches were really trying to be honest about, you know, practicing hard, you know, trying to rough each other up, I was on the – I had the mindset of, hey, this is my teammate. I already proved that, hey, I'm that that man in training camp. There's no need to, you know, really establish dominance in practice where I'm trying to get a good fit and go about my business and stuff. And so, and that was understood throughout um, throughout, um, throughout the uh, little bit of the season. And so we got this guy named Parker um, to come in. He came in off his lineman center or whatever. And so he was a, a little bit undersized and – him being undersized and being the new kid on the block, he had had to challenge the 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 big dog, and so um, he came in. He was going against other guys and stuff, and I could tell what type of player that he was. He was like he was going to be a try hard type of guy, and so he was challenging other guys and stuff, and he was winning. But you know, he came against the smoke dog, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it wasn't what he wanted. And so I, I established established dominance right then. And then we got it later on to the season and stuff. And he he needed to prove that, you know, he can compete against the big dog. And so we were doing one-on-ones, pass rush and stuff. And we were we were in full pass, but we all had to understand, hey, let's make, let's get a good rep in. And after the whistle blows, you know, go our several ways. And being that he's an undersized, undersized center, he couldn't handle power like a hump move, rip, um, rip, uh, bull rush, things of that nature. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this quick. I'm trying to go get some water, chill, bullshit, or whatever. And so I do. A, I'm, I'm in the middle of like doing a bull rush. And one thing that centers do when they're undersized is they try to pull you down. And that's cool if you're my opponent or whatever. But you're my teammate, and that's that exposes me at risk of getting hurt. And I, I bet I lost it. And so, um, we they went, oh, went, oh, no, the coach was trying to calm me down and stuff. I'm like, no, I, I, I had the mind, mindset also, I'm not going to fight nobody because I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not trying to get my hands dirty <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm gonna do it between the whistles. So, I'm, I got you next time. And so, everybody go through their ref and stuff, and he's like, you know. Uh, high fiving with the boys and things of that nature, all this alignment and things. I'm like, I'm, I'm just psych. I'm, just, I'm psyching myself up, and so, um, come back to the next rep, and I back off the ball a little bit, and so that gives, because usually when people try to bull rush, whatever they try to crowd the ball or whatnot, and so it gives off the presence. Oh, he's about trying to run me over, and so 
I back off the ball a little bit, get in that Usain Bolt 40 stance, and I brush this shit. And I'm talking about I I basically drive him back into the um uh the goalpost and I let him know, like, hey, I'm not the one to mess with. This is your warning, you know. And so I turn my back and I'm walking back to the uh my guys and stuff, the rest of my D-line mates, and he tries to, you know, run up on me. With my back turned, everybody's like, hey, hey you, you got your you got your tail whooped. That's not a third. And so I'm like, oh, you want you want you want to do that? And so that led to me kicking his ass in the <laughs> next following periods. We had run fits, half line. And the thing is, our coach, he was trying to, you know, I guess help him establish his confidence. So he would just pair us up in like one-on-ones and stuff. I'm like, I, I I would tell coach you're gonna get this man hurt because I'm not I'm not letting up on him and so just kept kept doing it and kept doing this stuff and then I eventually I let it go because I'm like I'm not trying to have this hamper what I I'm about to what I'm trying to do get to back to the NFL and so AF goes his way and we become teammates in the NFL and so. Um, we get to uh, we both sign with the Panthers and stuff. My like, cool bygones be bygones. We cool, whatever. Let it go. And so it, be, it was like <laughs> it was my last day in Carolina, and everybody knows that when you don't have on pads or whatever, office line, dude, you just you're just trying to get a good fit and you just let it go. And so, um, what happened? Oh yeah. So we're on the goal line. So everybody knows they're what about to run the ball. We're trying to get it fit and stuff, and let let that be that. And the offensive line tells the defense line, the defense line tells the offensive line, all right, cool, we're good, we're good. So I line up, I line up against Parker, and <laughs> Parker he dumps me. I'm like I'm I'm walking through the motions and stuff, but he he feels that I'm like I'm 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 basically lighting the ass, and so he turns me and puts me on my my butt. He pancakes me, and I'm like I'm hot. I'm like, yo, uh-uh, I ain't going out like this or whatever. But it was the last rep of my last practice in um, Carolina. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm never going to be teammates with this guy again or uh, opponents or whatever. Like, what's the what's the chance that'll happen again? It happens again in the XFL. And so, but being that, you know, I'm the type of person that gets over things like that. I'm like, all right, well, let it go. It is what it is. We're, we're in the XFL together. Let bygones be got bygones. And so this a similar situation happens again. But it's more of a uh like what it was like a three-play sequence. Uh they fumble the snap, I pick it up, I do the Dion high step into the end zone, he comes out of nowhere and knocks out of the ball. And that's where the coaches think the the uh the issue happened. But I'm like, I'll let it go, whatever. I'm not tripping off that because I got a chance to, you know, high step. And so we get back. And they run like a power play where where the center blocks back on the nose guard, which which was I, which while I was playing, the guard pulls and the um the center to the other side, not the center, the guard he blocks down or whatever. So they run that play and he tries to kill my shoulder. I'm like, yo, what's up? This is like a walkthrough. But I'm like, you know, it's what as and my natural reaction is to toss people who like when the centers come down like that. So I toss him, I go run and make the play. He's just being all extra and stuff, and he's just upset. And so the following play, um, we um we get into it because he like 
what happened? I I rush or whatever, and he he molly, he's mollying back, which means he has nobody to work with, and so he sees me one on one with the guard to the to his right, and he tries to you know blindside me, and I see it coming, and it it was really putting myself and the guy I was working against at harm because he's just he's just upset, not using good technique and stuff, and he's putting both of us at danger, and. By the grace of God, I pull him, pull the guy in, so he doesn't break his arm and mine, and was able to, you know, um, not get hurt or anything like that. But then I lose it. I tell him I'm gonna make him retire. This not third, like every every chance I get, I'm gonna beat the hell out of you because this is the third time you tried me, and I'm not letting it go. And the coaches they trying to separate us and stuff, and I'm like, nah. Every rep, I'm lined up against him whether it's pads, no pads, or whatever, I'm going to beat the hell out of him. And so they separate us. They make sure anytime that I was in practice not to have Parker in that center. And so we end training camp, and then we in, uh, I guess, mini camp and getting ready for training camp. And so I'm talking about I'm beasting out my workouts because it's like two weeks in between the XFL mini camp and the training camp. And so I'm, I'm beasting out my workouts. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to beat the hell out of Parker every every day and stuff. He's going to feel me. I feel like he tried me and stuff. And I get about, oh, it's about a couple of days before we get to Houston for training camp. And my homeboy, Joey, he calls me like, TJ, you seen the news? I was like, no, what's going on? Parker retired. I was like, what? He retired. I was like, oh, you like TJ, you said that man in retirement and stuff. And I just felt I just felt that that was just so funny. It was a story that I, I wanted to share because of the USFL. They just drafted the past two days ago. I drafted like a lot of my friends and stuff. But um I just wanted to share that story before we got into the so, the whole the whole spill for the day. So Hey, so are you saying you apologizing to him right now for doing No, hell no. <laughs> hell no, hell no. But because the thing is, like, I can only be the big person so many times. So only so many times until I have to just let you know that, like, I'm not letting that go anymore. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that story. Just uh, share that story because of the USFL establishing up. They just had their draft the past few days. And um, I feel like it's going to be a good league for a lot of people um, who able to who's able to establish themselves into that league. And it may be – you know, who knows, might end up being like uh, P.J. Walker or other guys who were able to, you know, use that as a, as a platform to get themselves back into the NFL. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mm-hmm. think it's always uh, good for guys to get more opportunity, more vision, more views, because, you know, some of those guys went to smaller schools or played on maybe bigger schools but didn't get the playing time. So this is a perfect opportunity for them to shine. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. And it's like I'm, I'm definitely – Looking forward to seeing what's going, what's going to happen, and with these guys and stuff. And I hope that they're able to make the most of their op- this opportunity, and that the league doesn't <laughs> fold out like the past two spring leagues have. I, I hope not, but a lot of times, man, you know, those spring leagues don't, you know, stay or are su- sustainable because of the NFL almost being year round. You know, and everybody's right. goal is to get to the NFL. And sometimes those leagues, you know, with going go inside with. Uh, you know, mini camps and things of that nature where they trying to mm-hmm. get in there. So that's why I think some of those leads don't, you know, sustain for long periods of time. Right. But that, it's all good. But let every, let's let everybody know we got a new segment called Fix the Franchise. Since we're going into the offseason of the NFL, we want to give our opinions on what we think will help a certain franchise get to the next level and 
hopefully make the playoffs, things of that nature. And first, we have the Atlanta Falcons um, up. And here's what I was thinking, really, because it's like being not saying that I'm from Atlanta, but I've spent the majority of my life in Atlanta, my adult life. And Atlanta's been my the only consistent place I've been able to call home. And it's like just being how being able to watch them the past couple of years has been really, really, really rough, really rough for your boy. And I'll, I'll, I'll give what I think is going to help and you chime in. We just feed off that. That's good with you. Yeah, definitely. All right. So a lot of Atlanta fans think that they need a quarterback. I, I don't I don't agree with that. But go ahead. Keep going. Like you have Matt Ryan, you have a, an established guy, a former MVP, a guy who was was able to get you the Super Bowl, things of that nature. Like you don't, you don't need another quarterback. You have the right guy. I've seen teams that don't have a quarter quarterback that have been a part of New York Jets, and it's and it's and it's not is not and it's not good. You have the guy. See, the thing is, you have to find a way to fix your cap issues. You have too many guys that are making too much money and not living up to that salary, so you have to say bye bye. Um. And if, even if you can't fix those cap cap issues, you can make small wins of free agency. Find a guy that you can pair, possibly pair with uh, with Grady or somebody else in the secondary, things of that nature. Bolster that offensive line. There are multiple pro bowlers who are in free free agency coming up in March. Um, I know the guy from the football, not football team, the commanders, uh, Jensen from Tampa Bay, tons of other guys that you can bring in to protect Matt Ryan. Because it's it's tough when I can come out of retirement and beat the hell out of the Atlanta uh, not Hawks Falcons <laughs> offensive line, but and then you know you have to win in the draft. Well, if I was that GM, then I would trade up to get Hutch from Michigan, or if Stingley from LSU falls down to my lap, you got to take him. I don't care what you think about Sauce Gardner or whatever. You got to take Stingley. You have to you have to win in this draft and free agency. Well, see, this is the issue that I, I look at. You know, the Atlanta Falcons having the eighth pick of the draft, they only got about $7 million in cap space. Right. And the majority of their money is tied up in Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, and Jake Jake Matthews. Yeah. Uh, we don't know the we don't know what Calvin Ridley's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I look at the team, they're in the bottom half of the NFL in defensive yards and points at 26. They're in the bottom half of the NFL in offense because right. the running game sucked. They only had about 1,400 yards rushing as a team. There was about 29th in the NFL in rushing. So, basically, the team going 7-10 was really, really amazing for them to do that because right. they have really nothing. They lack star power. Like I said, I, I love A.J. Terrell. I think he's one of the, the up-and-coming best cornerbacks in the NFL. But right. when you look at the totality of their team, it's going to be – I think they need to go ahead and blow it up completely. Now, I believe that Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I just don't want Matt Ryan to stay in Atlanta. I think Matt Ryan deserves better at this point in time in his career because, like, right now, we see that Atlanta's not going to protect their investment, which is Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They they really haven't put him with a lot of weapons. They Early on in his career, they did. They got him Roddy White. They got him Julio Jones. You know, early on in his career, had Tony Gonzalez. I really feel like they never really replaced Tony Gonzalez. Right. Um, they went and got, they had Austin Hooper for a hot second, and they let him go in free agency. So right now, if I'm Atlanta, I, I, you're never going to be that bad because you. I think in that division, they can always go about seven to ten. You know, mm-hmm. eight, eight, nine. That's not good enough to get the impact players that they need. So right now, if, if I'm Atlanta, 
to fix their franchise. I let Matt Ryan go. He's about $48 million on the cap space. You let him go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a ton of teams. You, can, you don't want to send him in your division to Carolina. But you got a team like Denver, Cleveland, right. Pittsburgh, the Commanders. <laughs> All those teams are looking for franchise quarterbacks that can at least bridge the gap for a little while. So two to three seasons, I think Matt Ryan can still play at an elite level. Let's not forget, Matt Ryan threw for almost 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. So it wasn't like he had a – It ain't like he had – he had a 90 quarterback rating, so it's not like he was just god-awful. But I think the Cleveland Browns had proposed a trade to Atlanta for Grady Grady Jarrett. I for, see you talk about that. Yeah, it was a it was a second round it was a second round pick for this season and a third round pick for next season. That will free up a lot of cap space because he's he's the second person on their list about you know cap space. I think you get right. rid of those two guys. They got the eighth pick. Now I know you said get a cornerback, but I'm thinking when you got AJ Terrell, I think you can you can almost be okay without getting mm-hmm. a premier corner. Offensively, where they're hurting at, I think if they go get Drake London from mm-hmm. USC. And put him on the other side of of, of Kyle Pitts. Now you got a formidable, uh, uh, formidable offensive air attack, and they can't keep getting running backs off the scrap heap. They really, if they're gonna go get a running back, no disrespect to Mike Davis. No people like Mike Davis, but he's he's really been a career backup. He's really never been a starter. And, see, and the thing is, like, I don't need to cut you off. No, I, want them to, I want them to come, go back and sign Cordell Patterson because I love what he was able to do. He finally had that breakout role that. We want them having like uh, with the Vikings and with uh, with the Bears and uh, with the Patriots and stuff. He finally was able to break out. And I, like he wants to be back in Atlanta, so I'm like, free up some cat space, you know, sign who you need to sign up for your agency, but bring that guy back. He's Mister Do It All. He can. But um, you can hear me? Yeah. Oh, I mean. Okay. But my thing with Cordell Patterson is that he would be 32 next year. And we already know being 32 in the NFL is a little bit long in the tooth, especially for the running back position. But mm-hmm. I do think you bring it back for one more year. If you're going to rock with Matt Ryan one more year, you right. do bring back Cordell, Cordell Patterson for one more season. But my thing is you got if you're going to keep Matt Ryan, I mm-hmm. think you got to get him some type of weapons outside the numbers. You can't keep lining Kyle Pitts up at wide receiver. At some point, <laughs> NFL coordinators are going to figure him out. He only had one touchdown, even though he had more. He had a thousand yards receiving, but he only had one touchdown. So that means right. he's not a, really a red zone threat. So what I what I you know would would think if they're gonna run it back. We need to find out what we're gonna do with Calvin Ridley. And I and, and hey, mental illness is real. Right, it's real. So we're gonna not take that lightly. But I think at this point in time of Calvin Ridley's career, I think you go ahead and let him move on because mm-hmm. once again, Cleveland was interested in him among a ton of other teams was interested in Calvin Ridley. You get a lot of draft capital back in return. And I think you got to go back and build grassroots with Atlanta because I don't think they replenish anybody from the Super Bowl team. I don't think they replenish well. Yeah, because, like, they, they had the defense, they had the offense and stuff, and they had the offensive scheme that fit Matt, Matt Bryan, and it just, like, you just went, they went away from that. And I was just really, really sad to see because I'm like, like, it, it was – they had everything to repeat. You had this offensive skill. You had the running back and things of that nature. It just, it, it just didn't seem like that same team. And if I was them, I would be shopping Ridley right now because it's like, all right, cool. Yes, he has mental is- uh, mental health issues that he's dealing with, and also he's 
it's been it's been said that he wants out of Atlanta. So I was all right, cool. You don't want to be here. Let's find a, a good suitable trade partner for you. Like you see the Eagles, the Baltimore Ravens, um, Miami. They just like um, Will Filler. He's going to create to even the L.A. Chargers, who might let Mike Williams go. Um, Walking to free agency, that's somebody you can potentially bring in to pair up with uh, the receivers that they have there now and give Justin Herbert another weapon to throw to. But see, right now with Atlanta, I think money is going to become an issue sooner or later. Mm -hmm. You know, the money is an issue right now. Like I said, they haven't – you made a good point. They haven't hit really on draft picks. If you look back, the picks that they made have not been the – came with the productivity that we thought coming along with the the pick mm-hmm. and the selection that they were selected at. You know, the offensive line, you know, lacks a lot of, you know, desire on that line. And that that's an issue. When you when you have a quarterback like Matt, Matt Ryan, but let me go ahead and digress for a moment. When you sign a quarterback to a major deal like they did with Matt Ryan and most quarterbacks across the league after their rookie deal, they normally sign that enormous deal like mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes and you now you got Dak Prescott. That is going to diminish your team tremendously. Let's look a la the Seattle uh, Seahawks. When right. Russell Wilson signed that deal, there was no longer Legion of Boom. They lost pass rushers. They lost running backs. They lost wide receivers. And they had to, you have to bank on the draft when you sign your quarterback to a, a huge deal. And not a, lot of, not, not a lot of teams are able to capitalize on the draft because now they're drafting people because their quarterback is so good, they got later picks in the draft. And that's what I think happened to Atlanta. I think you might be right because I'm looking at my group chat right now. And um, because they, they listen on the podcast, they think they're doing a good job. And I did the Falcons first because of my guy, Harold, because he's a diehard Falcon fan. So no doubt. Hey, shout, shout out to Harold, man. <laughs> shout out. Uh, but, yeah, they said that Matt Ryan is currently scheduled to have a cap hit of $48 million. That's correct. <laughs> that is good. The largest cap hit for any player in NFL history. Now now, now that I sit here and think about that, it's like you got to find, find a final trade part for, for Matt Ryan. Because it's like, that's you, not going you, you know what's amazing about that? Is mm-hmm. there's teams that will take that cap. I think the Denver Broncos will be willing to take that cap hit because right now Denver has a ready-to-win team now. Yes. And without a quarterback in Denver going against Pat Mahomes, Carr, and, and Justin Herbert, there's no way they're going to compete. And no disrespect to, to, to Locke and no disrespect to Bridgewater, but those, those guys cannot compete with those guys at that level. Right. And with I, that I talent they have. And I think they, they, I think them, and one of your, one of your teams that you always bring up, the Carolina Panthers. I don't think they'll make a move in division. I don't think that would be True. that smart. Right, because they'll come back and bite them because they do. Oh, play it'll, come, year. it'll come back and bite them. <laughs> and you know, I think you said it. You you said it more, and you made me really start paying attention to Carolina's roster, and they have a very, very good roster. A, a really good roster. And the only thing that I would see them doing, and this is a, a topic for another day, but you have to get rid of CMC and that that's tough to say but it's like he's been injury prone these past couple years not saying that he's good or anything like that but I don't think it's worth the the cap hit they're they're gonna take for a running back who's been injury prone but um but yeah now that I think about it you have to get go ahead and just let Matt Matt Ryan walk I won't say walk but you have to trade him to a place that you're gonna get some draft capital from like, you can do Philly. Like, I, I understand they're sold on Justin Hurts, but if a quarterback like Matt Ryan becomes 
available, like you do everything that you can to to get them, especially if like you have the cat space to um, take that on. Uh, like you said, Pittsburgh, Denver, um, the Commanders, <laughs> the Commanders and stuff. Like they they have a, a team that's ready to win now, but needs that field general like Matt Ryan that's going to be able to take them over the hump, and it'll be an even exchange. All right, cool. You take Matt Ryan, we get what two first. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the going that's the going rate for quarterback. Look at look at because I think Matt Ryan is better than Matthew Stafford. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there. If I if, it, if I had to pick between the two, I would have took Matt Ryan. Right. Hey, that's just me. I mean, he's a proven proven MVP. And if you go back and look at his career, I want people to really stop and think for just a moment and go look go go Google Matt Ryan and look at his stats. Go look at his stats. I, I'm I'm tired of people saying that guy can't play football. Go and look at that man's stats. And, and and then get back with me and leave a comment mm-hmm. in there. That man has had a <laughs> Hall of Fame career, and right. I think that he doesn't get the, the you know the just call, just just kudos that he belo- that he deserves. But my thing is when you're looking at Atlanta, if they don't part ways with Matt Ryan, let's take TJ come come down the lane with me. <laughs> that division is not going to be that good at all because no team in that division except for Atlanta has a solidified quarterback. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be going into to training camp with Cal Trash or Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. Okay. Uh, the Carolina yeah. Panthers could be going with with uh what's what they Cam Newton. I don't know if he's still there. No, he or, signed a one year deal. So So he's um, probably gone. So uh, who who's playing quarterback for them? You know what I'm saying? And it's like we said last week, you could you could possibly either like if they do trade Matt Ryan to let's say uh, I'll say the Eagles, for example, and they have three first-round picks this year. You get two out of them, and one of those potentials could be a quarterback that you can use for your future. You can use a piece to uh, help your defense or bolster the offensive line, and that third pick that you already have can be an auxiliary pit or whatever is the best available player at right. that particular position. So they can definitely win. Um, it just depends on if they're really willing to pull the trigger on shopping Matt Ryan. Because it's like you said, the division is, isn't nothing. Like, you don't know who's going to be the quarterback in New Orleans. It might be the, the Swiss Army knife or Jamie, James he, Winston. He, he's a tight end playing running, playing quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Sam Darnold in um, Carolina. Or Walker in Carolina, unless they make a play for or. Uh, a quarterback, and like you said, Blaine Gabbert, not the guy. So and Cal Trash. So my thing is, if 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 I if I'm Atlanta, we talking about fixing the the Atlanta franchise. If I'm the GM of Atlanta right now, I look to move Matt Ryan because what's what is a better time to move him than when your division is golfful? Because if you keep Matt Ryan, it's going to be smoke and mirrors because you'll probably win the division at what nine and yeah. eight. You'll probably win the division because he's gonna he's gonna probably go six and zero in that division. So they'll probably go nine and eight in the division and then get bounced in. A, you get a home playoff game and get bounced, and then now you don't get a good draft pick because you made the playoffs. So now mm-hmm. when you have an opportunity to really get a good quarterback because you got C.J. Strauss from Ohio State coming out, you got Bryce uh, Bryce Young coming out next year. So you got a guy that can potentially be a franchise quarterback if you don't believe in any other quarterbacks in this year's draft. Right. I think you move on for Matt Ryan. You get a suitable backup, and you can still compete 
at least give your fans the illusion that you're competing instead yeah. of laying down. <laughs> and you move Matt Ryan, you got plenty of cash space. You move Grady Jarrett, and potentially you move Deion Jones. I know these are not popular people that y'all want to move, but if you want to be a Super Bowl winning organization, not just getting there, because if you got to think about Atlanta Falcons, every Every few years, they jump up and they in the Super Bowl. Every few mm-hmm. years, you, you see them, they come out of nowhere and they, and they pop up in the Super Bowl. But if you want to be a consistent contender, you're going to have to do it now while the division is bad because I don't think Tom Brady's coming back for the Bucks. All right, and, so, overall to, so overall to fix the Falcons, we let Matt, we trade Matt Ryan to a suitable trade partner where we get two first-round picks. We draft young guys who are um, young guys like Stensley, Hutch, other guys that could possibly potentially uh, replace our the guys who we're going to trade like uh, Grady, Deion Jones, and um, others uh, who are making a lot of money but necessarily isn't living up to that contract. We, what else did we say? Um, you have to drive well, not just in the first round. Not just in right. the, they got to they got to hit on third. You got to get a third or fourth round of that that you hit on, man. Right. Definitely. You got you got to hit on your draft picks, do well in free agency, um, with the cash space that you do have, and give something the fan give something to the fans that can uh, give the fans something to be excited about for the twenty twenty two season, twenty twenty three season. And like you said, the division is wide open. It's not even if you let's say you brought in um let's say let's say quarterback. Uh, what's old boy from Cleveland? They can bring Case Keenum in. I mean, bring Case Keenum in. Let him be the the bridge quarterback to, like you said, a Bryce Young, other guys that are currently still in college right now who can who can potentially be that guy you can go up and draft. So, and also, I would trade if I if I trade Matt Ryan, I get two firsts out of that, and I get a future first round pick that could potentially be like a Bryce Young that you can just hit on, you know. And then, like, if you get Bryce Young, Tuscaloosa is only, what, two and a half hours away from Atlanta. So that's a that's an added fan base that you are um, – more fans that you already got. And you're known for drafting Alabama players, Julio mm-hmm. Jones, Calvin Ridley, right. others. So it's like, all right, it's just, it's just a natural bridge. So I feel like that will be able to put Atlanta back on the map and possibly be able to put them back in Super Bowl contention, so. You know what the crazy thing is? Atlanta is not as far off as as I look at them on paper. They they it's a couple moves here, a couple moves there. If you're looking at the the big picture, like we just said, is if you if you move on from Matt Ryan, we want to try to win a Super Bowl in the next three seasons, four seasons, because that's when those rookies, when Cal Pitts to be up, he got an option for a fifth year. If you if you able to, to land Drake London and he pans out and he looks like Mike Evans reincarnated, mm-hmm. if he can be that guy on the opposite side. And then, like I said, you bring in a stopgap with Case Keenum and you go get what you say you move on from Matt Ryan, you get two to three draft picks. Let's say two draft picks or not. So the next year, let's say Case Keenum gets y'all to eight and nine or whatever. So y'all middle of the pack. So y'all got that pick and two other picks. You mm-hmm. package that picks together. If, if CJ, CJ Strauss from Ohio State look like a, a guy that can be your franchise quarterback or Bryce Young could be a guy. You make that trade up, and you have enough draft capital to go up and trade, and it's really not affecting you too much because you unloaded that money for Matt Ryan. Now you're able to go get that quarterback. Now you can make that run with all those young guys. like they, And it'd be kind of similar to how Seattle did it. 
and then they could make that run for about two to three span, two to three year span to see if they can win that Super Bowl. So Atlanta is really not as messed up as everybody think they are. Yeah, it's one thing I tell my boy Harry all the time. It's like you guys can win. It's just you don't have. It's like you have all the ingredients to different type of foods, but this like all all these ingredients that you have don't mesh well together. So if you move them to different places and you bring in other ingredients that mesh well with the desired dish that you're trying to make, like you, you can definitely do something with that. But and and again, back to what you say, like. Nobody's really winning this. Like, going, like if you win this division, it's not going to be good for your future because because you're going to end up, like you said, having like a middle of the pack pick. And it wasn't worth going to the playoffs and bouncing the first round. You, you know, TJ. You know what it's going to be like if they hang on to Matt Ryan because I think if they hang on to Matt Ryan, they're probably the they're probably the, the winner of that division. It's going to remind me of two years ago with the Chicago Bears. People forget two years ago, the Chicago Bears, before they got Justin Fields, they had Mitch Trubisky at starting quarterback. They made the playoffs. Nobody even really remembers that. They made made the playoffs. (laughs) And then they end up losing in the first round, and then they get rid of Mitch Trubisky after. If that was the case, I think they should have got rid of Mitch Trubisky that season, even though he was still in his rookie deal. To you know, to kind of blow it up, and, that, and I don't want I don't want Atlanta to do the same thing Chicago did and go make the playoffs and give everybody this false narrative of who they really are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you if you giving you giving your fans a false narrative, you want to be a contender up there with the Kansas City Chiefs, the the Rams, the the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl. You know, if you want to be contenders with these particular teams, it's certain things that you're going to have to sacrifice. And then, like I said, you can write your own narrative of what you believe this team is really, really can be. And I think they have the they have the tools to do it. I just think right now they have to be had enough fortitude to make sure that stuff happens. And that and that's getting rid of. I hate to say it, but it's getting rid of Matt Matt Ryan, and that's getting rid of Grady Jarrett. Two guys are the two of the highest paid people on their team. Really good players, and it's not saying that those two aren't worth the money. Is Hey, can I do something better with the, my future by giving up these two players? Which is tough because Grady, like he, Grady Jerry was going to be the MVP of the that Super, Super Bowl. They were, Super Bowl they were in because he had three sacks, uh, three sacks in that game, and like it looked like it was swaying that way. And he's been like an All-Pro player. You know, he's up there with the Chris Joneses and the ads of the world and stuff. And you have Matt Ryan, who's been a perennial four thousand yard thrower ever since he's been in the league, it's just like, we see that this isn't working, so let's, and I don't like the, and maybe it's the competitive in me, but I have to think from, like, the GM standpoint, like, we have to blow this up, it's not working, these ingredients aren't meshing well, let's save the rest of Matt Ryan's career, he's done well by us, so let's send him off to, like, a Denver or Pittsburgh or whatever, um, let's get some draft capital out of, out of these out of Grady and things of that nature, and let's see what we can build for, for the future, man. And and that's what you have to do. And that's the, the the difficult job as a GM is knowing when to let your players go. You can't listen to the fans. And an organization that's great with letting their players go because you don't you want to get them there when they got one one. They don't want to let them stay a year after. You got to get them a year before they have peaked. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are great with that. You're never going to see Pittsburgh hang on to a player longer than they should hang on to him. Right. And I think 
organizations need to adopt that philosophy because a lot of times you look at some organization and I understand loyalty and nostalgia. You want to, you know, you want to, you want the fan base to feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And that's all good. But what happens to teams is they hold on to players way too long. I'm going to go ahead and put a team out there right now. They're hanging on to Aaron Rodgers way too long. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I mean, you got to rip the Band-Aid. Listen, you got to rip the Band-Aid off at some point and say, hey, look, uh, you've been the two-time MVP. I get it. But right now, you keep holding this hostage every offseason. Three off, three, <laughs> listen, TJ, three offseasons in a row, he has played the hard-to-get girl. That's what, that's what we see, like the hard-to-get mm-hmm. girl. And uh-huh. it's like he want to be wind and dine. He want that free agent, that free agency type of courting. But then like he, he knows like that. going to college and stuff and yeah. getting recruited by other schools, like, hey, come on an official visit and stuff. And they do everything. They roll up the red carpet for you. And, and it's like, all right, who cool, I feel wanted. And by them taking Jordan Love, um, was it two seasons ago? Traded yeah. up to get Jordan Love uh, two seasons ago was like a slap in the face to him. But what's crazy is Green Bay didn't necessarily trade, they didn't trade up. They let Aaron Rodgers fall to um, fall to them, but end up taking the quarterback to replace. Brett Favre, but I definitely agree with you. It's like, and it's sitting there just crazy. Like, I'm looking at my feed and my um, group chat, and like, uh, I put in, oh yeah, my boy Jody said Matt Ryan to the um, Broncos or the Steelers for like draft capital and stuff. And then my boy Brandon, he was like, ah, I got to see a Rod in Denver, um, so he can get one more ring. But the thing is, Green Bay is going to ask for a lot more than. Right. Atlanta. Like they're willing to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta's probably just going to say, hey, let's get hey, just give me two first round picks. You can have them. Da, 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 da. They probably shake on it and then cool. We, we finally have a quarterback that's good for us because we missed on Paxton Lynch and you right. know uh Drew Locke and others and stuff. Look, and Oswald, Bridgewater. Oswald, He's, Oswald or yeah. whatever his name is. Sorry, Oswald. Y'all mean that's um, <laughs> And Teddy Bridgewater, he's been a good bridge quarterback, but he isn't the guy that's going to get us over the hump to compete with the Patrick Mahomes and uh, uh, other guys in that division because it's, that that is a three hundred monster they have to go against, you know, with Derek Carr and um, uh, Herbert and stuff. So it's like, and, you, you, go ahead. And TJ, times is over for bridge quarterbacks in Denver. They right. need a quarterback <laughs> that can come and produce. They their roster is. Way too good for a bridge quarterback. They need a quarterback that's going to come in and make plays. And I know Aaron Rodgers will be that, but you know what they want to return? I think they want their first son because they want dra- <laughs> they want two draft picks and they want Patrick Sertain Jr. and other sure. young talent. You cannot give up Patrick Sertain, who I think in the next three years will be the best corner in football, hands down. Yeah. So I you can't you that. can't you can't do that. You can't get rid of your your star players to try to get another player that potentially only play one season for you because the way that he is he may only play one year you know yeah, and i'm talking and he he being aaron Rodgers, and that's him he, he he gives me that vibe like he wants to retire i don't want to retire i want to play football i don't want to play football i need somebody that's all in if you look at all these other contending teams a la the cincinnati Bengals right now they're already preparing for the season because that they don't like the taste they got in their mouth from the Super Bowl. you see i seen uh on Instagram where they had Mahomes already in the gym because he like, I don't like how that, I don't like how that law set with me. Right. You see what I'm saying? We don't know what green Bay's doing because they don't know if they're going to have Devontae <laughs> Adams or they don't know if they're going to have Aaron Rodgers. They don't know if Jordan Love is going to be their quarterback. They don't know who to, if I'm a receiver, 
that's trying to really get corn, uh, you know, get some get some camaraderie with my quarterback. I don't even know who to call to work out with. Right. You know what I'm saying? But every other team that's trying to really make a push, that really trying to make a run, they know who their quarterback is. And right now, Green Bay, this this little this little diva attitude that Aaron Rodgers is is, is portraying is really getting old, man. Either you're gonna play or you're not. I'm tired of turning on ESPN and us talking on these podcasts about a dude that ain't saying nothing. When he get on there, he ain't saying nothing. He, yeah. he just it, it's just like he keeps saying he just he know who he is. His ego, he has the biggest ego in the NFL. Let's go ahead and say what he knows what he's doing. He likes to play the Zen. He likes to play that Phil Jackson mind game, but it ain't working, man. And you hold yeah, Green Bay it, Hodges. It, I'm cool. It, it's funny because I'm I'm halfway asleep. And my boy Brandon, he texted the group chat saying, um, I'm sending that that cryptic Instagram post that Aaron Rodgers had. I'm I'm reading through him because it's a long ass post. I'm thinking he's saying he's saying goodbye, but it's like, oh, he's just thinking, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, people are just waiting for you to say, hey, am I playing or not? And it it, it will be funny if he went to Denver or whatever, and they don't get a Super Bowl after that first year or whatever, and he's like, all right, cool, I'm done, I'm hanging it up. And Denver then traded away two first-round picks, Patrick Penn, and some other capital. And now Green Bay is looking like, oh, they just pulled a police on Denver. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely isn't worth it. It's a, it isn't worth it. I see it fitting out better for Atlanta, um, two, um, getting two firsts out of it, sending Matt Ryan over to – Denver or whatever, and being able to build for the future. So, and and, it, and it's crazy because I I hate that type of mindset because it's not a win now mentality, and it sucks for the players who are playing currently and might not be a part of that winning culture for the future. But it's hey, this is business. It's but business, you know, so. TJ, TJ, this is you. You've been a pro player, but this you know you've been a pro player. You did your thing in the league, but you know there's an aftermath to going all in on a team. Because right yeah. now, they went all in in the Super Bowl a few years ago. That's what they did. They went and signed everybody they possibly could sign. They brought everybody in they could possibly bring in. And there's an aftermath to going all in, to push all your chips to the middle of the table. There's an aftermath. And now they're – I'm sorry for the players that's there, but this is the residue that's left when you don't get to the ultimate goal. Because we're going to be talking about this because I feel like this podcast is going to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about this in five years about the rounds. Why, why, mark my word, because they have no draft picks, so they're not going to be replenished. The older Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup can't play forever. Von Miller can't play forever. Aaron Donald already contemplating retirement. Ramsey is going to be long in the tooth. After a while, you're only on top as a cornerback for so long. Right. I don't care how good, unless you Deion Sanders, you unless, you got, <laughs> unless you Deion Sanders, you on you on top as a cornerback for almost, It's every two years, every three years. There's a new top cornerback. There's a new top running back, and there's a new top wide receiver. Am I right or wrong? Agreed. 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 Jalen Ramsey, he showed that he ain't Mr. Invincible in the playoff Mm -hmm. game and in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So all this, you want to be Deion? I I love Jalen Ramsey. I I love the way he talks. I love the way he plays. Mm -hmm. But you're not Deion. Nobody's Deion. And what I'm saying about that is we're going to be talking, we're going to have this same conversation that we're having about Atlanta, that we're having about the Rams in a few years that we're having about Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle, what they went all in, Legion of Boom. Now they're a shell of themselves. 
So right. teams push all their chips in the middle of the table, and there's always an aftermath, and that's what Atlanta's experienced right now. They're experiencing the aftermath of the residue that's left behind when you push all your chips in the table, and it doesn't work out the way you want. And even if it do work out the way that you want, there's always residue. Well, that's a wrap up the Yo Past the Six podcast. Make sure you check us out anywhere that you find your podcast available. And we love feedback, so let us know how we did so we can continuously improve the show. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and more. My name is TJ Barnes, and it's been real. Peace.